This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and thanks for tuning in. And I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson. I appreciate you stopping by for a 30-minute visit. Uh, oh, you turned into a good one. Oh, did you ever tune into a good one? I've got uh, my guest, Rachel Sobel. You'll understand why that's funny in a second. From Wine and Cheese, it's Rachel Sobel. Um, And we're talking divorce. And uh, she is one of the best at talking about it. Um, So, tune into a good one. As always, I have one small favor before we dive into the free content. It's free content. You're enjoying this. Wherever you're watching or listening to this, do me a quick favor. Hit subscribe, hit follow, give it five stars, maybe a thumb up, and then share it with a friend. That's it. It's two seconds out of your day. I appreciate it. Let's uh, let's get this fucking interview started. Are you listening? Damn. Uh-huh. Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson, and today I am with Rachel Sobel of Wine and Cheez-Its. Rachel, thank you so much for coming. You did it. You did the French pronunciation. Oh, shit. Did I say Sobel? <laughs> After we had it's just talked, fault. and I, I said it right, you put it in my head. I'm leaving this all in. So uh, I'll give a quick backstory before I do a proper introduction now. Uh, my guest is Rachel Sobel, <laughs> not Sobel. Yes. And I clarified with her before we started. I said, is it Sobel? Sobel. And she said, yes, you pronounced it correctly. Most people say Sobel. And she went on this long rant about Sobel. And it got stuck in my head to the point where I mispronounced it now and fucked the whole thing up. Um... <laughs> <laughs> or or you made it better. I mean, it's really subjective. God. Now that's how you start a podcast. Uh, okay. Right. So let me, in case you don't know who she is, um, and you should. If you're listening to my show, you should know who she is. Uh, she writes for Today's Parent, Scary Mommy, Pop Sugar, and Mommy Dearest. Very And, and like really good parenting articles. So uh, there's that. She also has wineandcheezits.com, W-H-I-N-E, uh, cheese, C-H-E-E-Z-I-Z. I did the Canadian thing, Z-I-T-S.com. <laughs> We're, we're the language like infusion of this first minute is really something spectacular. Yeah, it's not um, it's not going to go down in any sort of record books as being a linguistic kind of <laughs> piece of excellence. Um, I love I love your tagline, and that is that you're living the new normal: marriage, baby, divorce, uh, divorce, divorce. Fancied it, remarriage, another baby. So. Um, after all of that bullshit, thank you for coming. <laughs> you are very welcome. Thank you for having me. And I want to talk about something I know you're passionate about, which is Wordle. Um, tell me about Wordle. I, I wish I could tell you about Wordle. All I know about Wordle is that now, every single time I open my Facebook feed, every other 
post is Wordle with random numbers and random green squares. And listen, I get that like games and apps and all these things are all the rage. I understand. I, for whatever reason, maybe because I spend my life on Instagram and I have nothing left in my soul, um, I don't have time for any of this stuff. And so when I see it, I feel maybe it's FOMO or jealousy. I don't know what it is, but I don't know what Wordle is. I don't understand how it works. All I know is that everybody in my feed seems to be playing it. And I almost miss the daily like sharing of obnoxious news stories that I'd had to be subjected to instead of Wordle. I can't, it's triggering me and I don't know why. I can't, I can't see another Wordle post. Okay, so we're going to talk about Wordle. This is Wordle. <laughs> uh, there okay. it is there. I'm afraid okay. to make a mistake because I have three green dots in the middle there, and I don't want to fuck this up. I don't want to get it worse. Uh, look, I, I resisted the Wordle thing too, and I was like, "All right, let me see what this is about." Um, it's oddly addictive. It really is. So, do you I just think... guess a word? Is it like a scramble, and you have to guess what the word is, and you have so one it's, shot? It's like it's five empty spaces. It's kind of like Hangman, right? There's no topic. You don't. It's just five random letters it's a random word you enter your guess in if the letter is in the correct spot you get a green box if the letter is in the word but it's in the incorrect spot it's yellow and if the letter is not in the word it's gray and then you only get like five tries and that's it for the day this sounds like a very stressful way to start your day it really is <laughs> it really <laughs> is it's a lot of pressure. I can barely open an eye to make my coffee every morning, much less have like the brain capacity to play a game of fancy hangman. I don't know that I have that in me, <laughs> to be honest. I think I think you just created the uh, the ripoff app we can come up with, Fancy Hangman. That's the name. <laughs> fancy Hangman, we can do that. <laughs> What's annoying about the whole thing is there's an element and arrogance to the whole thing of like, oh, I got it in three tries. I got it in two tries. Um, and then there's like, if you get it wrong, you feel like the dumbest person on the planet for the whole day. So it's um, it's a double-sided coin. Anyways. Yeah, why can't we just play it though and not post it on Facebook? And I'm not trying to be like a hater. I know that like your Facebook pages do what you want to it. I guess I just don't, like people are getting cocky now. Like people are getting Wordle cocky. The Wordle hubris is out of control. Well, that, well, that's it. Though. That's exactly it. It's to rub it in your stupid friends' faces. Yeah. <laughs> I'm smarter than you. I got it in three tries, um, and and it's become a thing in my household now. Where if I if I get it wrong, my wife is like, "Did you get it?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, no." She's like, "Jackass." Um, and I've literally because of my ego, I've gone to her and be like, "I don't know what the answer is. Can you help me solve it?" Mark my words, people are going to be sitting in couples counseling now to save their marriage. And one of the biggest points of contention is going to be Wordle scores. Wow. Wordle yeah. scores. Get ready, therapists. Gonna... <laughs> it's coming. Wordle therapy. Yeah. Uh, it's another line of business. We're just, we're pumping these things out. These are we great really ideas. Are. We'll be writing this down. Yeah. it's. I hope we're recording. Um, <laughs> okay. So. You you gave me a segue, and I'm not big on segues, but you gave me a segue um, in terms of couples counseling, divorce. So um, one thing I like about you, Rachel, is um, obviously your sense of humor, but also how forthcoming you have been about your life as a, a divorcee, as a, you know someone who's been through a marriage and gone on to the second one and is extremely happy in their second one, and, and the growth that you've seen. 
And on your website, uh, wineandcheezits.com, um, there's a recent post that says, please don't tell your friends to get divorced. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I dove into it because while I'm not, just in case my wife is listening, I'm not thinking about getting divorced. But there was like a relatability to the idea of like, don't push people into something they don't want to do or that they're not ready for. So tell me about where that, where that post and inspiration came from. So I've been divorced for a long time now. It's been almost a decade. I'm in a, in a second marriage and with my current and final forever husband for eight years. Um, and I think that, you know, in retrospect, it's very easy to see things when you go through some kind of trauma, any kind of trauma, when you t- get out of the ashes and you dust yourself off and you look around, it's very easy to kind of see things more clear. I think when I look at that, look at myself back in that time, it was very easy for friends around me or anyone around me to say, oh, you need to get out. You're miserable. This is it. You know, this is not working. And excuse me, my friends were very good about it. They didn't really push me, but I did see from watching other people go through divorce situations because clearly there's something in the water here. Um, A lot of people overstep their bounds thinking it's coming from a good place of you need to get out. You need to leave. You need to get divorced. And the reality is that to tell someone to do that, it's kind of a dick move because- (laughs) You're not living their life. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Listen, to, it's all the word no, talk that got me worked you okay? up. Um, you're not there. You're not the person who's going to have to hash out a custody agreement. You're not the person who's going to have to uproot your life and find a new home. You're not the person who's going to have to split up pots and pans and forks and knives. Like all these things that you're not thinking about logistically, emotionally, physically you don't have to worry about. So to kind of throw out there, like you should just get divorced is a really shitty thing to say to someone who may not be ready to have that conversation. And it it kind of goes into the most common question I get from people related to divorce and leaving a marriage is when do you know that it's time? And the answer is you, nobody can tell you that you just feel it. It's like that cheesy thing people tell you when you're trying on wedding gowns, you'll know when you know the same thing happens with divorce. I think you reach your threshold where you're ready to leave and nobody can tell you before that or should tell you before that what you should do because they are not going to walk in your shoes following that decision and then face all the collateral damage. And so I I really have a trigger and I'm hypersensitive to how friends around you treat you when you're in that moment. Because for me, when I look back, what helped me the most was the unwavering support, the unconditional love, meeting me where I was, knowing, okay, you're not ready to leave yet. I'm here for you. I have your back, whatever, however long this is going to go on. I got you. You're good. Don't worry about it. You're already feeling this immense pressure about your marriage possibly failing. So to have people around you who are your inner circle basically tell you your marriage is failing, you need to leave, is a really, really immense amount of pressure that you don't need added onto already of a pressure pressure cooker of a situation. All that being said, yes, there are abusive situations, dangerous situations where friends feel like they need to intervene. This is not that. This is your run-of-the-mill divorce situation that nobody really should have any say in. And you can give your opinions if they're asked for and have the conversations, but you really should never tell anyone to leave. You really shouldn't. It's 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 mental health at that point, right? That's mm-hmm. yep. what, what, what it's boiling down to is, um, you know, it, it's, as I was reading it, I, I was, I, I, I kept jumping to kind of two different things, which was one, the mental health aspect of it Two, um, I couldn't help but make the connection of like an intervention or an alcoholic. And it's like, the person has to get there themselves. 
they have to be mentally ready to all those hurdles. A hundred percent. It's like, think about even back in the day in high school and college, if your friend was dating a shitty person and you all hated that person, what would happen most of the time? You would talk about that person. You would get in that person's ear about, oh, your boyfriend, your girlfriend sucks. You need to break up with them. And then what would happen 90% of the time? That person would alienate you because they wouldn't want to hear it. And so you lose that friendship. And not that you should ever keep things to yourself and not be honest with your friends, but in such a delicate time, like the end of a marriage, especially when children are involved and it's just, it's terrible. There's nothing fun about it. You kind of have to follow the lead of the friend going through it and just let them take what they need from you, as selfish as that sounds. Because if you haven't gone through a divorce, you can't possibly understand what it feels like. All parts of it, emotionally, mentally, physically, it is exhausting and frustrating and terrifying and can be exciting and liberating and all those positive things too. But you have to let the person going through it set the tone for what they need from you in terms of support. And what I can tell you, almost speaking for anyone who's been through a divorce, what they don't need is for you to tell them to leave. That is not going to solve the situation because if they leave based on someone else's opinions, they're not leaving because they're ready. And that's a recipe for disaster because then they'll question it and be like, oh, did I leave because my friends pushed me or a therapist pushed me or whatever it was? Did I leave on my own volition or did I leave because everyone told me that was what I should do? Yeah. And and you don't want to be in a position where you're regretting your whole life. You don't. Um, It it, it almost, uh, it, it, to me, it feels like when I, like I struggle with my mental health from time to time and early in my struggle uh, before I was really forthcoming with it, people used to say to me, eh, just, you know, try to feel better. That doesn't yeah, help. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> that doesn't help because uh, whether or not you're, you're ready to face it, you know there's a problem. You know right. something, is, something is amiss. And if you're at the point where you're confiding in a friend or family member, that, that gentle support is all you're looking for. Nothing more. And I'll, it's true. And I'll tell you this. It is, there is a direct correlation. I'm not a scientist. I'm not an analyst. But I am a woman who's been through a really shitty divorce. I There's a direct correlation between people who kind of become recluse and introverted and don't talk about what they're feeling in their current situation because they're afraid of the judgment and the advice they're going to get from their friends because they don't want to be pushed in a situation. So if you have a friend who you know is in a bad relationship and they're becoming very quiet about it, one of the reasons they might be very quiet about it is because they don't want to be pushed by you in a direction they're not ready to go. So use that also as kind of a guide. If you see someone shutting down a little bit, yes, a lot of that is kind of like a self-coping mechanism, I think, when we all go through this to kind of just get through the really messy parts. But it could also be that they're not comfortable sharing with you because they don't want your opinion. They just want your support. Yeah. That's, uh, it's so true on so many levels. Um, and I I appreciate you saying that. You, you did kind of say you went through a shitty divorce. Yeah. Rough one? Yeah. I mean, you know, I I don't, I think that divorce is hard no matter what day of the week you do it, no matter what it looks like. But when you have a child involved and you've been with someone a long time, we were college sweethearts, it's very hard to reimagine your life when you've been with someone for almost two decades. It's really hard to picture, okay, what am I going to, I'm a single mom. Who's going to want me? I know that sounds really cliche, but it is very daunting to date as a mother because you're not just worrying about yourself and what your future looks like. And while you don't want to, you know, marry up the next person you meet, you are definitely looking at people 
every time you talk on an online dating app or you meet someone in person, and you're thinking, okay, could this person into my current chaos? You are. That's just how you're thinking as a mother. And so I think that when you're in a, a situation that is toxic and not good, it also becomes familiar and comfortable because that's what you know. It's like, you know, the devil, you know, whatever that saying is. Yep. And so it's very easy to, people wonder like, oh, well, it's so bad. Why do you stay? It's easier to stay. It is, I don't care what anybody says and everybody has different situations. For me, my personal situation, it was easier to stay for such a long time than face the reality of what life would look like by uprooting everything. So, and I, I, I've spoken to people with varying degrees of what their divorces look like. And I think even in amicable situations, which are very rare, even in amicable situations, you still have history with that person and you know how to push each other's buttons. And so whether it's intentional or not, you fall, you can, it's very easy to fall into old patterns. And then you throw into the mix when you start dating someone and that person starts dating someone, it's just messy and complicated, even if you don't want it to be. And so I think, I mean, I very rarely have met anyone who's gone through a divorce situation that hasn't been shitty because it's not, you don't ever like wake up and go, oh, I can't wait to marry who I think is the love of my life only to find out two decades later that he's really not and we're just not good together and we need to cut our losses and now there's a child involved. Like nobody has fairy tale fantasies like that. And so I think it's a hard pill to swallow. And it's for me, a perfectionist, I felt like a failure. I felt like, holy shit, I failed. And now I'm breaking up a family. We are, it was not my decision. It was a mutual mm -hmm. decision, but we're breaking up a family and there's this child who's going to be collateral damage who did not choose this. And now she's going to suffer. And it's a really shitty feeling on top of all the mom guilt that you already have as a mother in general that we carry around like the heaviest load ever. And so, you know, I think it's just a really hard situation to navigate. And even when you, I think the biggest misconception is people think that when you finalize a divorce and everything is set and your custody agreement is set and your settlement agreements are set, it doesn't end. You don't just wake up and go, oh, I feel great. It's done. You're still navigating life, co-parenting with someone that you are no longer married to and have all these emotional triggers with. And it's hard. Are you still in the same state as your, uh, as your oh, yes. ex? We, yes, we are. We live five minutes away from each other. Always okay. have. It, it's easier for us. It's easier for her. And we make it work. We, you know, for all the differences that we have, he and I are very much on the same page with our kid. And so I think that that makes it amicable inherently because when you want the same thing for your children, even though you are not seeing eye to eye and other things, you just make it work. And so we, we make it work. We make it work the best we can. Can I ask <clears throat> how, cause I, I, you have a, the, the older one is 13, correct? You have a 13, four year old. Yes. Um, how did you tell the 13 year old? She was so little. She was only two when we separated. Okay. Okay. And so I kind of made it like an adventure and no big deal, if that makes sense. Like I yeah. just was like, we're going to move and daddy's going to move and we're going to, you're going to have two houses and two bedrooms. <laughs> and I tried to play up the whole, like, you're going to have more thing. Yeah. Who knows if that was the right thing to do or not. I don't even know what the right thing to do is. I tried to be very low key about it. And here's the thing that I'm going to say to parents who think they're dodging a bullet because they're divorcing when their kids are very young. She didn't ask any questions. She was just like, okay, cool. And like went with the flow. And honestly, she was so young that I think she, her normal was more us living apart than ever. I don't think she ever remembers us living as a family, right. um, which seems sad, but I felt like that was actually a positive because maybe it would help mentally moving forward. What I wasn't prepared for 
was as she got older. And especially as I started to, I never introduced her to anyone I dated except for my husband now. Mm -hmm. Um, That's when the questions started coming. When she had time to kind of process and could form her own thoughts and understand. So I thought I dodged all those like uncomfortable conversations for years. And then they started to come out and I was like, holy shit. Okay. This is happening. So I think, you know, and that's the other people will say, well, when's the right time? Like, should you wait until your kid's a certain age? You shouldn't wait till anything. If you feel like you need to be out of a marriage, whether your child is one or 21, you can't stay in anything for the children. It is not, in my opinion, healthy to do that. Everyone's got, you know, their comfort levels. But Mm -hmm. when I look back on it now, whether she was two or four or six or eight, it was going to happen. And I, I don't think it would have made a difference in her life if we waited, if it could have made it worse, if she had to live with acrimonious situations every day. That was a big word. <laughs> Maybe I should join Wordle now. Maybe I'm ready. <laughs> I'm just cutting the tension. Holy. And, uh, no, I look, I, 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 I I appreciate you talking so earnestly and passionately um, regarding it. Um, when I am looking for an interview topic, when I'm doing my research, I try to f- figure out what the person's passionate about so I can kind of wind them up and let them go. Cause that's, I'm a big believer in people can smell authenticity and, mm-hmm. and, and, and your, your want to talk to people and, um, and, and, and normalize it, um, is authentic as all hell. So, um, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I, I want to touch on a, your, a, another article on your website that said, do you regret your first marriage? And, um, and look, uh, it, it, you kind of, you're like, look, it, it made me who I am today and yada, yada, yada. Um, mm. knowing what you know now, would you change your first marriage? No, no, no. And I know the easy answer is no, I wouldn't change it because it gave me my daughter. And if I would change right. it, I wouldn't have a daughter. That's yep. the obvious answer. That's what everyone's going to say. But for me, it's so much more than that. I think that everything in our lives, I don't want to say happens for a reason, but it does. It happens for a reason. I think the universe gives us lessons. It gives us amazing people. It gives us shitty people. It gives us a whole mess of things to kind of prepare us for real life, right? I mean, if you lived your life in the whole white picket fence world, your whole entire life in that sheltered bubble where nothing went wrong, how are you going to deal when you like are released into the wild, right? So I feel like all of those things, all the things that happened to me from the time that I met him to the time I got married, to the time we went through a divorce made me so much of who I am, not just in that like cliche, oh, I, I learned so much and I'm strong. I wouldn't have so many things. I wouldn't have met my the love of my life, my now husband, in the shape that I am in now. I wouldn't be who I am. I, I was broken and battered and went through hell and went through the ringer and had to kind of like figure out who I was and what my voice was because I got married fairly young and went from college to grad school to living with him to getting married to having a baby and did that whole natural progression. I never lived by myself. I never, you know, I don't know. I never really had life out being single outside of being someone's partner. I got to do that later in life, which was actually really fun. It was. It was really fun. It was really cool. It was an eye-opening experience. And I think I had it at an age in my mid-30s where 
I had a job, so I had a little bit of income. I had the flexibility to like get on a plane with my girlfriends and go somewhere and do something fun. I ha- I could do things differently than if I was, you know, 25 and coming out of a broken marriage or broken relationship and had no idea who I was. I really started to learn who I was that I would have gotten as comfortable in my skin um, if I hadn't gone through that and then had this new layer of skin, skin, so to speak, that gave me this platform. I would have never done this. I would have been still sitting in a cubicle somewhere, collecting a paycheck in a shitty job that I hated, surrounded by toxic women, you know, claiming to be empowering other women, but really they're mean girls. I would have been in that situation for the rest of my life and miserable instead of getting to do something that was so off the beaten path for its time. Like now I feel like it's so much more normal. You log onto Instagram and Facebook and you see all these women talking about struggles in marriage, miscarriage, infertility, postpartum depression, all these really heavy things that we never really commiserated about publicly. When I started doing this, it was fairly new. And so how cool that I got to do something that my parents probably never thought I'd do with a master's degree, but I did it. And my two little girls get to watch me build something myself on my own terms. Like that to me was everything. None of that would have happened if I didn't go through what I went through in a first marriage. I'm convinced of that. I, I appreciate that. Um, I also appreciate the fact that uh, to your extent, you're a bit of a pioneer in this because you were one of the first ones to start grinding through it um, uh, and and making these kind of more tough topics palatable and at least part of the, the conversation Um, to your point, it has been normalized um, a little bit. I don't want to say it's been normalized and like, cause it's still taboo and yada, yada, yada. But I worry sometimes about the people who are getting into the idea of progressing the conversation for the clicks and not doing it for the right reason um i am i am very skeptical of that and that's why i do my research before i want to talk to someone because i don't want to encourage someone who's out for clickbait or it's not sincere um so i I worry about that as well but i think that's a valid concern i think there's a lot of people especially women um, there are an, there are amazing women on Instagram. I have met, I can't even count how many people who have become my real friends who I've actually traveled with. My mom's like, you're going to go on a trip with girls you met on the internet. And I'm like, yeah, I sure am. So, you know, there's this incredible community of women who really, truly support each other, have each other's backs, share each other, promote each other, are the, our biggest cheerleaders. And it's incredible. The flip side of that is that you're absolutely right. There are women who are so filtered that their pictures they're missing belly buttons half the time or they're i mean i'm not even joking or i mean i don't know if they think we're dumb and you're not going to look in the background and see like things warped to realize like just who cares like i have literally posted videos shaving my mustache off with one of those like flawless hair trimmers because i'm going to keep it real and show you the real sides of the stuff that we joke about but like it is real life i'm never going to put on like some crazy outfit and filter the picture that i look like i just entered the witness protection program i think that there are so many women who are doing social media a disservice by being inauthentic under the guise of being authentic if that makes sense and for the for the women who are struggling and vulnerable and looking so hard for guidance and people on social media to be there I don't know what the right word, to, their inspiration and to see that they can have life outside of what they're living now. Uh, it 
freaks me out to think that they are following women like that, who I know and you know, and other people can see right away are lacking that authenticity. But to many people, it seems very, very real. And so you latch onto that and it's dangerous. That's a dangerous part of social media. Yeah. The idea that even our, our honest influencers are no longer honest. Yeah. It's, yep. it's, uh, yeah, it's scary. And building businesses off of it and making money off of it. Like that's the part that makes me cringe is that nobody hates the word influencer more than I do. I know that it's what we do. I get it. But that word <laughs> makes me feel like the biggest douche walking the, pl I can't, I hate it, <laughs> but but I get it. I understand the linguistics of it. I understand. Yeah. But there are women who are basically preying on other women and preying on brands and companies and making money and benefiting and doing all these career moves who are not earning it. They're just They're preying on these women. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's disgusting. And I, I you know. I wish we could have ended the conversation on a happier note, but um I think that's where <laughs> that's we're gonna right. end it. <laughs> I, 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 so, uh, look, Ra Rachel, uh, is it Sobel or Sobel? It's Sobel. 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 Rachel Sobel. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I and good luck with Wordle. Really good luck. I, I'm pulling for you. Fuck. I gotta figure out this thing out <laughs> before my wife does. Um, I'll never hear the end of it. Uh, she is Rachel Sobel, not Sobel, although she'll answer to both apparently. Uh, wine and cheese. It's don't call her an influencer, even though she is. Uh, you can find her on all of this stuff. I know I've I connected with her through Instagram. That's certainly where you're most active. Yes, but uh, you got a you got a Twitter account and a Facebook, yeah. and uh, are you you're not really on the TikTok? I think you have one TikTok. I can't. I, I I listen. I put. I joined TikTok because at the time my daughter was going to have it, and I told her she couldn't be on it unless I had an account. I, <laughs> yeah, I've made one TikTok, and it was terrible. Don't follow me on TikTok. I don't even know yeah. my TikTok name. I don't even know what it is. Yes, you do. Follow her on TikTok. And <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I really don't remember. I don't even think I have the app on my phone anymore. Well, it's 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 linked to your name because I found it as the stalker I am. Oh great. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit end <laughs> recording now. Thank you. <laughs> uh she is a blast, isn't she? Isn't she so much fun? You can see why. Uh, she's like hella popular. <laughs> she is on Twitter. She's a not Twitter. Excuse me. On Instagram, she is a like a really big deal. Um, and and she was one of the original kind of mom influencers. Uh, I know she hates that, so I'm definitely calling her it. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you again for your time today, Rachel. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, as always, I want to thank DeanBlundell.com for hosting and getting me off the ground. This fun little show of mine uh, starts with an email to a guy I used to listen to on the radio saying hey I can help your Instagram page and uh, fast forward here we are I also included if you're listening if you're watching on YouTube uh, I also included the new logo it looks a lot like the old logo it's just in like higher definition uh, so that's cool this is also normally where I would thank blue microphones um, but they're no longer a sponsor <laughs> apparently the uh the sponsorship deal has ended so this space for rent i still use their product and i'll i'll talk what nicely about them but uh they won't get the little plug at the end of the show but if you are a sponsor who's interested in a target demographic 
of parents. Mid-30s. Early 30s? Maybe I should just lie about my target demographic. My target demographic is 18 to 35-year-old males. So if you're interested in that target demographic, hit me up. This space for rent. All spaces are for rent. I will fucking throw your name in wherever you want for the right price. We'll see who I get for next week. You know, I, 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 you know, loosey goosey, lots of emails, lots of uh, verbal commitments, and uh, I always come up with something. So we'll see who we get next week. For now, be well, be safe, and uh, until next week. Thanks for listening. Damn. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.